Rainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco, and a few weeks ago, the wrestling world was abuzz with the announcement of the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. We got AEW, we got New Japan Pro Wrestling combining for one super show. We haven't seen this since like 1992 when WCW and New Japan would do this, and I have a feeling that the card will be a lot better than what we got back then. But joining me to run down and just, well, I guess that's not really run down. We're going to do our little makeshift cards. We're going to talk about the Forbidden Door. I'm joined by a very special guest. You've heard him before when he joined me to talk about what was going on with NEW and wrestling out in Vancouver. Justin Morissette is back here. Justin, how's it going? Oh, Blair, happy to be back. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's going pretty well out here, honestly. We're finally getting some good weather after basically it was like February lasted for three and a half months out here. I don't know. That's probably what it always is like on the prairies. So I shouldn't uh, complain at all, but it's it's finally spring has finally arrived out here on the West Coast. We're having a good time. That's good. I we finally got past our rain season, which is apparently has overtaken spring. And now we're into we're gonna head into summer right away. So it's a nice transition right on uh before we kick into uh talk about the forbidden door what's going on with you out there uh well i i'm of course doing the play-by-play with new still we just wrapped up a pretty fun show out in port coquitlam last weekend uh that is uh, the last show heading into our big debut now technically this is not the debut we ran a cinco de mayo fun kind of lucha libre evening at the Mm -hmm. commodore in may where a lot of our roster was dressed up in lucha masks and working under different identities for the night but this is the you know canonical debut we'll call it of nation extreme wrestling at the commodore ballroom a show that was supposed to originally happen in january but unfortunately got canceled due to covid protocols so we've been naming all of the shows but the numerical order one two three four Mm -hmm. etc technically because of Ticketmaster, if you change the name of your event you have to refund all the tickets Mm -hmm. so uh it is and new4 is now the (laughs) follow-up we just had new7 it's a little bit like uh like uh, the fast and furious franchise i guess in that Mm -hmm. if you watch them chronologically four comes after seven yeah Uh, or, or it's three i guess three is the one in fast and furious regardless uh, we're calling it NEW for Life. Uh, it's going to be a huge show. I know there's still less than 100 tickets available for it. At mm-hmm. the moment. So if people are listening to this right now in the Vancouver area, it may already be sold out. But we're looking at a, a TLC main event in that show uh, for the women's title match between Casey Spinelli, Nicole Matthews and Chelsea Green, which is going to be awesome. Daniel Maccabe is taking on Travis Williams for the NEW Men's Championship. Uh, we're getting a huge tag team title match with State of Emergency taking on the Bollywood Boys. That'll be good. Uh, Judas Icarus is taking on El Fantasmo. So, you know, there there are some fly-in talents for this match, but they mm-hmm. are kind of locally grown fly-ins. Mm-hmm. It's like the the heroes of the Commodore of the past are taking on what we hope to be the future heroes of the Commodore for, you know, this year and and years to come in the Pacific Northwest. So going to be a really exciting show that is coming up on June 24th uh, here in Vancouver at the Commodore Ballroom. And uh, I strongly encourage anybody who's in the area who doesn't have a ticket yet to uh, rush out and get one while they still can. Nice. I heard it was a fantastic turnout for the Cinco de Mayo show. And I mean, NEW has just been killing it out there, putting on some great shows, bringing in some great uh, flying talents, like you mentioned, and really bringing having a who's who of wrestling out on the West Coast there. I was honestly shocked at how well we did with the Cinco de Mayo show. Uh, you know, we've run some Thursday night shows in the city in the past that uh, maybe didn't draw I won't say we're poor draws necessarily because we still got good crowds out every we've had a good crowd for every show. I don't want to speak ill of the people who've come out Mm -hmm. or didn't come out, but I was a little bit questionable who's going to come out for a kind of weird Lucha show on Cinco de Mayo. Like it's obviously a gimmick night for a gimmick day, basically, but I was a little bit I had an expectation that this might not be the draw that we're hoping it is. 
we basically sold out that building nice and um it was incredible that was the hottest crowd that i've seen in a really long time that was the like i'd have to go back to pre-pandemic to find a wrestling crowd in this city that was as hot as that one was mm-hmm. a lot of the matches ran way over time that <laughs> night because the guys were like basically getting high off of how ridiculous like you could go through an entire match and maybe take four bumps basically and just have people be going crazy the entire time that's how strong that crowd was so mm-hmm. There's just something magical about the Commodore. And, um, you know, there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up with this company that I am in the loop on that I cannot talk about right now. But let's just say uh, if you like wrestling in downtown Vancouver, there there could be a lot of it coming up over the next little while. So basically, everyone should be stay tuned for some big news coming from NEW out on the West Coast. Yeah. And I mean, the scene in general is really healthy out here on the coast right now. We had... Mm -hmm. Uh, a night last weekend where there were three shows in two nights between okay. the rickshaw glam slam and new and uh, it's a lot of the same talent that's working all these different companies and there's a lot of uh you know camaraderie and and and, and a, a desired growth to see the entire scene sort of rise together as it were so it's it's really great to see relative to uh maybe the way things had been prior to the pandemic i'll put it perfect that way. hopefully i mean i think that's what we're all hoping for is just some great shows and everyone working together to put on the best possible uh product that we can see absolutely now, I mean, what we're here for is uh, to talk a little bit about the uh, Forbidden Door. I think everyone was kind of thrown for, uh, you know, turned upside down when it happened. And the fantasy booking started almost immediately. And uh, we kind of talked and we're going to run through our own cards and just uh, talk about how we're feeling. I mean, when you first heard about the uh, the announcement, what were your what were your thoughts going in? Well, especially the fact that it's in Chicago, they're trying to. And not just trying, I think it's a successful attempt to recapture the magic, the buzz of All In, Mm -hmm. which, you know, All In definitely planted the seeds to become what AEW is today. But it was bigger than that, too. It was the largest independent show in the history of the business, essentially, even though technically it was like being backed by ROH secretly. And we didn't really know that at the time, Uh, you know, there were people from impact on that show. There were people from new Japan on that show, you know, uh, hell Kazuchika Okada versus Marty scrolls. One of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my life. And I was there to see it in person live in the third row, like Mm -hmm. on the floor. What an experience. One of the best nights of my life. One of the greatest wrestling shows of all time. And there was just, an excitement around that show, not just in that arena, but I think if you were watching from home, you probably had the same kind of giddiness that there was this opportunity within the wrestling industry that maybe hadn't existed in the past. And I think Forbidden Door, look, AEW has been building on all of the excitement that has been around wrestling over the last decade that WWE has kind of squandered, essentially. Like, I came back to wrestling in 2012 and it felt like constantly like the entire industry was on the cusp of a moment that kept never actually happening. And that's because Vince McMahon just can't get out of his own way sometimes. You know, like the two guys who were leading that revolution back in the day were CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. And where are they now um, is all I will say to that. Basically. <laughs> yeah. But but there is this, you know, and, and we I think it just it, the. It's, there's an innate desire to want to do this as a fan to fantasy book these sorts of shows with like in your wildest dreams, what's the number one match that you want to see? And Tony Khan is the kind of guy who was going on message boards as a kid and having those same sort of wild fantasy booking scenarios and probably imagining, oh, if I could take X guy from Japan and, and Y guy from WWF and put them together, what a match that would be. And now he's in a position where he can actually do that. It's fun. It's fun not just to watch the show when it happens, because I'm sure it's going to be outstanding. It's it's fun in the lead up to imagine all of the different possibilities, all of these quantum cards that could Mm -hmm. exist out there in the wrestling multiverse and just be kind of tantalized at what we will actually get. Because I asked you, like, don't you want to wait a little bit, Blair, here before we have a better idea of what the card is going to be? And I think you're right. The fun is not knowing what the card is. 
you know, I think from the very beginning when AEW first was announced, I think everyone was waiting for something like this, you know, because you had, you know, the young bucks and Kenny Omega who used to be on new Japan coming over, you know, the relationship was a little iffy to start with new Japan. They make some changes and then you get the working agreement going and all this sort of stuff, you know, but I think with what I'm excited about is seeing how all the everything gets pieced together, how we're going to decide which matches are who or who's facing who and what's going to happen. We had a little bit of a, you know, before last week, it was, or yeah, last week we found out, you know, okay, it was going to be CM Punk versus Hiroshi, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah, that's right. Um, I always mess up his first name. Um, So we, we thought, okay, that's, what's going to be, you know, the main event. So I'm thinking of like when we first thought, oh, let's, you know, run this down. It's like, okay, well, we're going to base everything around that. CM Punk gets hurt and now everything's a clean slate almost again. So it's a, it's a way for us to have fun before everything else gets pieced together. And I can't wait to see how Tony Khan does it and how ghetto do it because we had a little, you know, a little snippet of that a few weeks back when uh, Jeff Cobb and great O'Conn showed up, you know, to, run off uh, FTR and Rocky Romero and Trent, you know? So it's like seeing who's going to show up where and what's going to happen. Like in a few weeks, we have Dominion. Is someone from AEW going to show up over there? So all of this, like building towards what's going to happen. That's what I'm really excited about. Yeah. And especially, I I think ultimately it will be Tanahashi in the main event on the NJPW side, just because this is his word. He coined the phrase forbidden door. He is the ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling. It made total sense to put him opposite the guy who is thought to be the ace of North America, mm-hmm. and that's CM Punk right now. Uh, I, it's really disappointing that uh, we will not get to see that match, of course, but it, I think it will happen down the line. Yeah. I think ultimately what we're going to see is Tanahashi become the interim AEW champion and get that unification match when punk is finally ready to go but that's like how exciting is that alone the fact that a new japan pro wrestler could be the guy mm-hmm. to be the AEW interim champion possibly be the AEW champion and if you go back to right before the pandemic you're right people have been waiting for this sort of thing for quite a while because it did feel like kenny omega's belt collector gimmick was going to lead to him kicking down that forbidden door mm-hmm. where his longtime friend Kota Ibushi was the IWGP heavyweight champion at the time, that that was going to be the culmination of their story as well. And don't forget when uh, All In went off the air and they gave that kind of speech in the ring, the curtain call after All In, perhaps, you know, I know it wasn't part of the broadcast, but videos of it still made the rounds. One of the things that was said, I believe by Kenny, was that this family is staying together. Mm-hmm. circling the entire ring you know who else was in that ring kota abushi and and abushi stayed back and said hey i've got some unfinished business there's still some some things that i want to do in new japan it always felt like when that happened that that would be the thing that would bridge that gap the fact that we can't really get that on this card this year both between kenny's injury and kota's like ongoing weirdness with yeah and jpw in general you know it could be viewed as a disappointment i think it is uh is a perk honestly because you get to think about how oh maybe we can see that at next year's forbidden door or whenever mm-hmm. the forbidden door year comes around where those two guys are available to go at it i really hope that this becomes an annual thing because because for me And one of the things with AEW is that they don't really have a clear cut WrestleMania level event. It's hard to tell whether their season or or their their annual programming is built around uh, a double or nothing or all out. Right. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to pinpoint which of those two shows is supposed to be the bigger of the two. I think arguably you could say, well, they treat every pay-per-view like it's the biggest pay-per-view. That, that every show all year is not of any higher or lower importance. And I kind of would agree with that. But I want outside of WrestleMania for indie wrestling or, you know, quote unquote indie, because these are obviously major companies, but not major on the level of WWE, mm-hmm. for there to be sort of a Super Bowl of wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. That, that you can get excited about every year on the level of the hype that you hypothetically should feel for WrestleMania weekend and don't always, though I will admit they did a really great job with it this year. 
Um, and I think that Forbidden Door can be that. Like every year, just something to look forward to, especially end of June to kind of kickstart the official summer, as it yeah. were. It's a really smart placement. And if they do it in Chicago every year and suddenly All Out becomes a touring show that's not bound to Chicago every year, uh, I think that's a really great move and, and would be would be something that I would get fired up about and look forward to year after year after year, I think. For sure. So I think let's start. I mean, you mentioned uh, uh, Tanahashi being in your main event for the AEW championship. So let's start with that one. What do you have as your AEW world championship match for the interim title? Okay. Well, uh, Blair, I know that technically you said that we can allow our imaginations to run wild and book whatever card we want. It doesn't have to be the card that we expect. Go nuts. Uh, but I felt like this is the match that is going to happen, despite the fact that we are, you know, there's a there's a ton of obstacles that have been put in the way between now and the actual show. Uh, it, it still feels to me like we are finally going to get John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi in that main event. John Moxley feels like the guy to represent AEW of the the names that are available to them right now. Uh, you know, he's the guy who held the championship throughout the pandemic and a guy who really his stock was not tarnished at all by not having crowds. He mm-hmm. felt like a huge deal throughout the entirety of that reign. He's one of the best champions in the history of the company. I know it's a short list, but still like that says something. If punk is not available to them and if Kenny Omega is not available to them, John Moxley is the guy to be the face of this company and it is the ace to send against Hiroshi Tanahashi. That is my main event for forbidden door. You know, leading up to it, I had the exact same thought process, you know, having Mox and Tanahashi as the main event. Pardon me. Then I started thinking a little bit more and I started my mind started turning a little bit, you know, and I think that, you know, without a doubt, Tanahashi can be the interim AEW world champion until Punk comes back without a doubt. Then I started thinking a little bit more going on Twitter, seeing what other people were talking about. And I saw someone throw out the name Chris Jericho. And then I started thinking, you know, like Chris Jericho with the Jericho Appreciation Society, you could put him in that position. You could have him win the title and it would add so much more to what he's doing with the JAS. It would add another level to the feud with the Blackpool Combat Club and Eddie Kingston, because you know that Moxley and Danielson and Kingston all want a piece of Jericho. So you've got three challengers right off the bat there. So I had to go with Chris Jericho and... Hiroshi Tanahashi. I'm up in the air for who I think could come out of it with it, but I think having Jericho in that gets his win back over Moxley. So that sets up a third match down the line. And I I'm stuck with that one. I think it would be a fantastic cap off and have Jericho possibly become the first two time AEW world champion. And we've seen them have a match before, right? Jericho and Tanahashi a few years ago. Yes, they did. A lot better than I was expecting it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jericho's a little older now, but like he's not that much. He hasn't slipped that much relative to what he was at that point is what I would say. No, I I would. I would be down to see that again for sure. And he seems to be in a little bit better shape as well. So, you know, maybe that'll help you know, rejuvenate him even more. So even better. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll kick off what I have for my IWGP championship. And this is going to take a little bit of time because uh, I think it's Jay White versus uh, Kazuchika Okada at Dominion. That's correct. If I'm not not mistaken. So coming out of Dominion, I'm going to have Kazuchika Okada as champion, and he's going to face off with Hangman Page because you know, you've just had Paige lose to Punk at double or nothing. We know that the kind of matches Hangman can put on. The crowd, him versus Okada with a, uh, an American crowd like that, I think they would just eat it up. And that is what I want as my IWGP main event. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I, that's, that's, a, that's two top baby faces. It is. And I know they you tend to do a lot of fun. Babyface uh, heel, but you know, I'm I'm throwing two baby faces in there. You know what, Blair? I'm gonna be honest, outside of the the main event for the interim AEW championship, I really wasn't considering title defenses necessarily. Mm. I was really just booking around the matches that I want to see. Personally. That's fair. And and that is, you know, I was saying this to you before we started recording. 
the 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 beauty of this exercise is I think it's really easy to be a armchair quarterback who sits and watches the show every week and then blasts Tony Khan for being, you know, uh, not the best booker. He's just trying to cram all these different guys onto the show. Every show feels overstuffed. He never knows when to let stuff breathe. He's just trying to get as much stuff in as possible. But when you look at the roster that he has available to him, it is a really difficult thing mm-hmm. to try and fit the guys on that you want to get on all the time because you just put Chris Jericho in the main event of your show. I did. I'm going to be honest, Blair. Chris Jericho is not on my card <laughs> at all. In fact, not a single member of the Jericho Appreciation Society made it onto my card. And I love those guys. I Daddy Magic Daniel is not Garcia. impressed. I love Daddy Magic. I love 2.0. I really wanted to find a spot for them, uh, but I just wasn't able to do it. And um, so I will skip to my uh, my my match for Kazuchika Okada, which I mm-hmm. have fifth on my list you could make this an iwgp title match you absolutely could i doubt we would get this match because i don't think either guy really is in a spot where they can take an official loss on their Mm -hmm. record necessarily uh but you went top babyface versus top babyface for the iwgp championship i personally went top babyface versus top heel and booked kazuchika okada against maxwell jacob friedman incredible uh, I would love the promos with MJF going back and forth, like just going off on Okada. So I, I'd fully be on board with that. I actually don't have MJF on my card at all. And I know we were kind of just going back and forth before. And like you just mentioned, the rosters are so big. So there are going to be wrestlers who aren't on this card at all. And mm-hmm. it's just it's just the way it is. You know, it's no slight to them or anything, but there's only so many spots. And we saw with Double or Nothing, a 13-match show. And I mean, the last hour and a bit, I had to watch the next day because it's just too much wrestling for one night. Yeah. But unfortunately, no matter how you book it, unless you do you know, 10 matches where it's all, you know, eight man tags or six man tags throughout, there's going to be people who just aren't on this card. And I'll be honest. I booked a 10 man card that has two 10 men. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to my 10 man tags in a little bit, but yeah, like, no, it's great. And, and there's an easy way for you to say within kayfabe that MJF would not be on this show. Yeah. That he's in, he's in contract dispute with AEW. Why would he go represent AEW in like a intercompany war pr- program basically? Yeah. Um, but having said that he is, he did, even in his supposed pipe bomb interview this past Wednesday, he did talk about how he's not a wrestling nerd. I don't watch new Japan. Like you friggin' losers or whatever. <laughs> like that was kind of the gist of it to me he's still working right mm-hmm. like don't i don't think you mention new japan at all if you're not going to be part of this card so uh i felt like i had to find a spot for him and the best spot is against the best guy and he deserves that honestly i uh, i really do think that he does and maybe if he gets booked in a prominent spot on forbidden door we will finally accept that this is a work and that he is happy to stay in AEW. <sighs> I will be very happy when the discourse of a work or a shoot is finally done with this because I'm tired of it. You had mentioned 10 man tags. I have one on my list. What is the first one you have on yours? Okay. Uh, I feel like this is a good place to mention it because it should be near the top of the card. It is a huge match with a bunch of big stars in it. And uh, you know, maybe not what we're actually going to get. I tried to uh, divorce my, even though I booked the main event that I think is actually going to happen. I tried to book the the rest of the card as what I would want to see relative to what's already sort of been hinted mm-hmm. at, because I think we've seen a teased alliance between a lot of the Bullet Club guys and the Undisputed Elite. But I want to ignore all of that for now. I don't. I don't want to mix New Japan, uh, New Japan Bullet Club guys into the Undisputed Elite at all. What I want to do is see a ten-man absolute <laughs> chaos five v five tag match where Lij Los Ingobernables to Japan, mm-hmm. the entire stable Naito, Shingo, Sonata, Bushi, Hiromu take on the Undisputed Elite, Adam Cole, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks. 
I, I I like that one. And you know what? It gives a spot for all of LIJ on there. It yeah. gives, you know, the undisputed elite something to do. And I think it you could see something very similar to that on the card. It's just waiting to see how it all plays out. Um, I do think we get a sort of undisputed elite sort of faction in the thing, but I went a different route with mine. It's very similar to yours. I had Adam Cole and the Young Bucks teaming up with Jay White and Juice Robinson to take on the best friends, Rocky Romero, Ishii, and unfortunately, Toru Yano, who I cannot stand, but apparently he has a spot on this card. So there you go. So, I mean, I'm appeasing to all, all the fans here. I feel like that is a lot more likely than what I've booked because you've got two factions that are of mixed company on either side, basically. Mm-hmm. The New Japan and AEW guys who are in chaos and the New Japan and AEW guys who are technically in Bullet Club, even if we don't acknowledge it as Bullet Club in AEW. Yeah, you get the bleed through. So I think like it's something that could be a little bit fun, not just straight up AEW versus New Japan, but you get a mashing of the two facing off with a mashing of the others. And, and I'll admit, I'll, Juice Robinson is one of those guys who, even though he's the U.S. champion, even though I've absolutely loved the heel work since he's joined Bullet Club, I was not able to find a spot for him on my card. He's not He's not on my forbidden door, unfortunately. He is forbidden from my <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to ask you, what do you have on the docket for Will Ospreay, if anything? Nothing, actually. That's wow. another guy that I did not find room for. Um, do, you, do you want here? What, what if, do you want me to stay at the top of the card or go to the bottom of go the card? To the t- go with your, the top and give me your next one. Okay, my next match at the top of the card uh, is a match that I personally have wanted to see for quite a long time that I personally was supposed to see in person before the show that it was scheduled for over WrestleMania weekend in 2020 was canceled at the beginning of pandemic, sadly. Mm. I don't know if it's going to happen here because it seems like something that GCW might have dibs on that might have to happen at a spring break down the line, but you know what I'm talking about. I do. Orange Cassidy versus Minoru Suzuki. I want this match so friggin' bad, and I hope that it finally happens here. If... Orange Cassidy is healthy. I could fully see this happening at Forbidden Door because, you know, we know what a fan of, you know, wrestling Tony Khan is. So why would he not put something like that on there if GCW doesn't still have dibs on it? So without a doubt, I could definitely see something like that. I will say, though, I definitely wrestled with the idea of putting Orange Cassidy against Juice Robinson, just so you get the orange juice matchup. Yeah. But oh. you got, you got that in your 10-man tag. You accidentally booked that in your chaos. Yeah, I did. So... I kind of left best friends open to who you want to take from there. So you can put orange in there. I don't know if he's healthy. I know he had some shoulder issues. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So that might scrap him from my card too, but I'm just fantasy booking over here. With uh, the next one on the top of my list, I actually had Moxley versus Osprey. I know that they had done it over on the NJPW show in Chicago, I think. Windy City Ride, if I'm not mistaken. Mm Mm-hmm. So they've been going back and forth. And I figure with a card like this, losses aren't going to affect their ranking. So if Moxie's not coming out of the, you know, dynamite this week with the interim title, he's going to need a big match. And what better match than to have him versus Will Ospreay. They can continue if they want Ospreay to lose and be screwed by another official, you know, this time the AEW one, if you want to have a... The thing I should preface before this is, there's going to be wrestlers who have to take a loss in this card. So you're not going to get everyone who should win to win. Yeah. It's just the way it's going to be booked. If you want both sides to be happy, each side's top guys, some of them are going to have to take losses. So whether Moxley has to lose or Osprey. Well, sometimes, sometimes if you, if you're booking a, a three man or a five man tag, you also have to sneak on like a chase Owens, or like, <laughs> you know, a guy who's not technically part of a dream match, but is there to take the pinfall. Hey, Toru Yano's right there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Though I will say, I'm not going to spoil it yet. I did book Toriano on my card in a pretty prominent spot. Oh. Well, after that one, I actually went with, I was actually editing some, um, uh, one of my hard drives and I found this match on there. It was from, I think, 2008. So this would be a rematch, so to say. I put Brian Danielson up against Zack Sabre Jr. Because I know it's a match that both of them want. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you could have it. I mean, I know Danielson's coming off of whatever his little injury here that's supposed to keep him out a couple of weeks. So if you want to have him in there with someone who, you know, isn't going to risk any further injury or anything to him, I think you can't go wrong with someone like Zach Sabre Jr. in there. Well, uh, it should be no surprise, Blair, that uh, given we are both just such great minds for the business, <laughs> I booked the exact same match. <laughs> Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. It is a literal dream match. It is something that, uh, you know, a lot of people have wanted to see basically from the moment ZSJ rose to prominence in the Japanese scene to begin with. Um, and if we finally get to see it, uh, I why not do it right now? It's here because here's the thing. It feels enormous, but in the grand scheme of actual like star power bookings, it's not the biggest match you can do. So why not throw a bone to the big time techie fans right now and then do something huge with Danielson at mm-hmm. next year's Forbidden Door instead? Like we yeah. could do Danielson versus Okada level sort of deal down the line. Give us the the technical splendor that we've all been waiting for. Give us Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. I think it's a match that would, you know, you would get so many more. Well, I don't want to say so many more, but it would grab the interest of, you know, sort of the fans who are, kind of into wrestling they see they know of both guys and a match like that pops up you know whether people are talking about on twitter or whatever and it's going to grab more eyes to it so i think having something like that is definitely appealing to everyone so that's why i went with it why not um i will admit that i was more inclined to largely book one-on-one singles matches for this show just because it sort of makes it feel like company versus company cleaner a little bit, keeps that sort of uh, mystique rather than, you know, I I was very much more inclined to book a one-on-one match than like a four-way where two guys are from one company and two guys are from another. But having said that, I think I just changed my mind on that front because next on my list, technically this was going to be my show opener basically, uh, but I, I, it still might be. I booked a match that I really want to see is two guys who I've seen uh, in person over the years as two sons of the Pacific Northwest, as it were. I booked originally I booked a singles match, Darby Allen versus El Fantasmo, but I think I'm going to change it up and make it a four way Darby versus LP versus Will Ospreay versus Sammy Guevara. You know, you really can't go wrong with a match like that. The amount of high flying in that, the overall like aerial assaults in there, I think that would be a great matchup. Um, I know I have Darby in a, a juniors match down on my card, but I was toying with the idea of who I'd want in a match like that. I didn't have a spot for LP on mine, just the way it worked out. But I think you have to, Darby, someone that I want focused on, this card, you know, whether it's for the new Japan audience for next year, whether it's, you know, inviting him to the best of super juniors or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Darby is a key piece to this card and he's going to be on. I fully believe he's going to have a prominent matchup when it comes to forbidden door. Yeah. Darby Allen versus El Fantasma might be more of a Commodore ballroom match than a United center forbidden door match, but Hey, I'm a Vancouver guy. So I booked what I wanted to see. I could fully see Darby and LP in best of super juniors next year. So um, I'd, I'd fully get behind that. I had Darby Allen facing off with the whoever's champion at the uh, at the time, whether it's Taiji Ishimori or Hiromu uh, Tanahashi. So whoever's that is going to be facing Darby Allen. It's a bit of a cop out, but I want to know who's champion heading into that, and whoever champion is is going to defend the title against Darby. I think, like I'd said before, you're showing off Darby to a new fan base with New Japan, and it could lead to more down the road if you want if you do want to send Darby over to wrestle in Japan. Yeah. And I think, you know, AEW has been so good with that about finding things for people to feel important with whether or not it's within their company or not, like having their guys hold the AAA tag titles or, you know, incorporating, I think they defended the impact tag team titles in a main event of dynamite at one point, Mm -hmm. like they they've found a lot of ways to incorporate things that hold some degree of prestige or maybe pushing that limit a little bit (laughs) team championship, but you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. just things um, instead of having to constantly invent something and having to come up with like an Owen Hart foundation tournament every single year. Yeah. Just send Darby over to the super juniors. Like 
why not? And mm-hmm. if he wins it, that's great for New Japan and great for you probably on some level too. Now, it was teased a little bit a few weeks ago on Dynamite with uh, during the FTR and uh, Rapongi Vice match where Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn ran out. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that they're going to win the new G- uh, the IWGP tag titles at Dominion off of uh, Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale. And on my card, they're going to defend the titles against FTR. It's going to be a IWGP versus ROH title versus title match. I think no matter who comes out of it, you have, you know, you're going to have a great champion if you want to continue the thought of, you know, Cobb and Ocon, you know, possibly showing up in ROH. FTR mm-hmm. have talked about wanting to go to Japan. So why not? You know, they're kind of not really have anything cooking too much right now in AEW. So you could have them win the titles and they could go over there for a month or whatever. And, you know, have some fun experience, a new thing. So I'm doing title versus title. And I think that one it's even, it's going to be bigger than what I have for the AEW tag titles actually. So I think that could be a very good matchup between two really good teams. Again, I really did not consider setting up title matches and title defenses <laughs> because I didn't think you were going to uh, necessarily put your Japanese belts on your American wrestlers and vice versa necessarily. Uh, so when it comes to FTR and the New Japan tag team titles, uh, I actually went the other way. And you're probably right. What you have forecasted is more likely to happen, I think. But I, I kept the uh, the belts for this one on Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens and partnered them with their other Bullet Club champions, uh, the six-man never champions in Evil, Show and Yujiro, <laughs> and have made another 10-man tag match of Bullet Club being Evil, Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, Show and Yujiro versus Eddie Kingston, Santana Ort- and Ortiz, and FTR. You know what? That could be a very entertaining match. I would love to hear Eddie Kingston go off on evil and just to hear what he'd have to say, you know, right? he's not one to hold back. So just to have the chance to go off on, you know, evil and his sickle or whatever he carries out now, you know, why not? Oh yeah. Just, (laughs) yeah. As soon as I got the idea for like a bullet club, I was trying to work a trios match onto the card before it became another, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but just the idea of like, the Bullet Club trio with like real size. So Evil and mm-hmm. Fale and Owens is larger than Sho and Yujiro, but he's not better, clearly. Um, you know, it's just that the idea of that trio squaring off against Eddie Kingston and Santana or and Ortiz seemed awesome to me. And mm-hmm. then, you know, if Evil is a trio's champ, you may as well work the other two guys in that title mix in as well and do a, a 10 on 10 or five on five 10 man match which is you know it's it's really see i can't blast tony khan for trying to work as many guys onto the card as possible because i wanted to find a home for these dudes and i again felt guilty that i have nothing for the jericho appreciation society but it, it was it's incredibly tough to try to fantasy book something like this because no matter what people are being left off you want to try to put on the best product you can and then it's like okay, well, what about so-and-so? Oh, what about this tag team? What about this champion? It's like, well, where do you put them? You know, like AEW has such a deep roster. And I mean, you compare their roster to that of New Japan and it's, I was looking at New Japan's roster and like on their website, a quarter of the guys that are on there are on the AEW roster. So it's even taken from there. So no matter what, you're kind of, it's a little shorthanded on that side. Yeah. I had mentioned the tag title match for what I have lined up for the AEW tag titles. And I feel like this one was almost thrown together, Mm -hmm. which makes me feel like eh, it's not going to be that good. But I feel like if you put these four wrestlers in a match together, they could come up with something a lot of fun, especially for the crowd. So for the AEW tag team titles, I had Jurassic Express facing off with Naito and Sonata. I think the crowd would eat up Naito like no other. Sonata's got his stunning good looks in there. And I mean, everybody loves Jurassic Express, so why not? It's, uh, again, a battle of two-faced teams, but I think that there's a lot of potential there, even though when you see it on paper, it's kind of like, well, what are they going to do? Both teams can deliver, and I think they put on a great match. Yeah, I think think they do too, honestly. 
I keep waiting for the Jurassic Express breakup, but the longer that it doesn't happen, the more I've come to appreciate them as a team, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm definitely real quality matches. You, you, they kind of teased it again, like, like the past couple weeks. And I know, you know, when Christian dragged Jurassic Express away from Matt Hardy this past week, you know, and then a few weeks back when Christian had him up on his shoulders and you're waiting, like, well, what's he going to do here? And I'm almost just waiting for like Jungle Boy to turn on Christian and just to like throw everyone from a loop. But that's like the New York, you know, sort of uh, turns and all that. The New York style booking that's bleeding into my brain right now for something really <laughs> stupid to happen. So Christian's such a great heel too, though, right? Like he is. I think that's what everybody's been looking forward to since he first aligned with them mm-hmm. is that this is going to be really good as far as elevating a young baby face who like needs the rub of being seen with a guy like this. But oh boy, when he turns heel, that is going to be one hell of a program. Oh, and it's been, how long has it been now? Like more than a year. They've teased it for about seven or eight months. It seems. Yeah. So uh, it's cause I think Christian came in, what was it? Revolution last year. Yes. So, and then, you know, even then they kind of teased it a little bit, I think, with him and Jungle Boy in that Battle Royal, if I'm not mistaken. And then it's, uh, I think that was a double or nothing. If I, Yeah. The following double or nothing, they kind of teased it a little bit. Then Christian aligns with them. And since then, you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Well, that's mm-hmm. another group of guys that I found absolutely nothing for <laughs> on my Forbidden Door card. Uh, the entire Jurassic Express yeah. experience, I- including Christian Cage. I tried to make a point if it's a champion to have them on the show, because I mean, there's going to be eyes on you want to have your champions focused, even if it's not in the most high profile match, but it's still, it was tough. I mean, there's no TNT champion on here. Cause I mean, I, I don't know where to put Scorpio sky. He's injured too. Now that's another, he that's a, he's part of the insane week of injuries that have happened, has happened right across the industry. Basically. What it's, a all the crazy seven days it's been it's, it seems like anyone and everyone is getting injured and it's it's ridiculous so as long as they don't do another interim tnt championship i'll be happy with that because that was just a clusterfuck and i don't want that to happen ever again well i think i booked a, a longer card than you did blair i'm i'm pretty sure i i booked 10 matches for this thing i still have three left including my my pre-show opener Mm-hmm. And I, I have a pre-show opener left and two like relatively big singles matches. So where do you want to go on my I, card? I've got two left. So give me your pre-show opener. My pre-show opener is the, is the only 2v2 tag match on my entire card. And they're not even really official tag teams. I didn't book a single tag title match, <laughs> but I did book a tag match between uh, a, a burgeoning tag team on the AEW side and, and two guys who are part of the same stable on the NJPW side mm-hmm. uh, representing chaos. I have Toriano tagging with Hiroki Goto. Yeah. And they are going up against Hookhausen. <laughs> Hook and Danhausen against Toriano. And Hiroki Goto. I appreciate that you found a spot for Hook on your card. I, I tried to line him in there, and I'm just like, I didn't have a spot for him. But I, I would be fully invested in that match. Well, the, I'm, the I'm easy, not a Yano fan, but... The easy call for Yano was to put him against Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would rather find... I, I, I was really digging deep and thought he would be a really good foil for Danhausen as two guys who don't necessarily have to wrestle very much in this match for it to be still really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what, even seeing hook and Goto go at it, you know, it's something that'd be new for a lot of eyes and you see the crowd reaction when hooks in the ring. So to see him against someone, you know, bigger than him, like Goto, you know, the size, whenever you'd see hook line up with uh, the one guy from bear country or anyone bigger than him, JD Drake, you know, it's like the visual of, a guy hook size lining up with, you know, this big beast of a man and hook throwing him around doing judo throws and all this. It's very, the crowd is right into it. So I'm fully aboard on that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I did feel bad though. I really wanted to find a spot for powerhouse Hobbs on this card, but uh, this was my only representation of team Taz. Unfortunately, you know what? I totally forgot about powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks doing this. So, I mean, both of them aren't on my card. Death triangles not on house of blacks not on. It's like, there's so many the I got two left. One of one of them is I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm throwing it out there, willing it into existence. But 
what I do think might happen is seeing the returning Miro one-on-one with Shingo Takagi. Oh, hell yeah. Tell me that those two going at it in the middle of the ring would not get the crowd on its feet. Oh, sign me the fuck up right (laughs) now today. Absolutely would love to see that. That is the epitome of big meaty men slapping meat. You cannot go wrong with those two. And Miro is a guy who I would love to see in the G1. Like, mm-hmm. give him the kind of run that Jeff Cobb had in the G1 a few years ago, right? And see what he can do taking on all those different guys. Uh, I, I think that's a guy who... I, I always thought he was a good wrestler in WWE, but it would be hard to point to, like, the definitive Rusev match. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He had a number of great ones with Roman Reigns, I think, which is weird to say about any Roman Reigns match during his babyface era. But, uh, like, I think a lot of his more memorable matches were probably, if they weren't against a, a member of the Shield, were probably against Rusev. Yeah. But he still has not gotten that sort of uh, acclaim as being a dude who can really go in the ring. We re- we all appreciate his big kick, obviously, but like, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody looks at him as like a real in-ring workhorse. And if you kind of gave him an excursion sort of to head over to New Japan and hell, like, I don't, was he injured recently or was he just off TV because he, they wanted to do a bit of a like soft reset of his he, character? He was filming a TV show. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he was busy doing that, made his return. And, you know, I think a lot of people were just waiting for him to show up. And when they did announce it, I mean, it was a perfect spot because they had him facing off with uh, Johnny Dynamite or whatever he's going by with AEW. So you have, he's, in there with someone who he can toss around or bend, like when you oh, get someone like that, uh, the awesome. one finisher and yeah. being able to bend them all the way back, you know, so someone like that. And I, it's not hurting anyone else on the roster. You're not having anyone else diminished by a returning Rusev, you know, so a returning Nero. having him off the show, like as much as I did miss him as a presence on the show, as we've talked about throughout this uh, kind of preview of forbidden door, there's just so many people to cram on every week that mm-hmm. like, if you do want to take a full month and a half to go to Japan and be involved with the G1 or any sort of tournament that New Japan is putting on, like I think that's actually healthy for AEW to yeah. remove some bodies from their ecosystem for a stretch where you know they are still doing prominent things within wrestling that you get to draw upon when they come back into the fold with you. But uh, you know, there's just so many bodies on this roster that unless they want to increase uh you know rampage to a two-hour show uh which i don't know that i'm fully in favor of necessarily Mm -hmm. like it just feels like you need to find some kind of spot for people to do things that will you know beyond just dark or uh elevation that will feel important because Mm -hmm. those web shows are definitely an excuse to make sure that everybody has a match and that your young people are still developing while they're in your company they're not really like watchable on a week-to-week basis you know no I think with when it comes to those internet shows or the YouTube shows, if there's a match that, you know, you hear a little bit of buzz about, or if it's someone like, I won't miss an acclaimed entrance on Elevation or Dark because I, I'm fully invested in the acclaimed. I want to see what, they've, what they're going to say in their freestyle. Yeah. I think Anthony Bowens is an incredible talent. So if they're on there, I'll go out of my way to watch, but I won't sit there and watch a two-hour dark it's just yeah or like sometimes you'll hear about like the the dark order eight man tag at arthur ash that's really worth checking out right like yeah sort of thing but yeah generally you're right so i think you know with stuff like that you could i think it'd be great when you know things get even more normal so to say and you can you know be like hey we're gonna send you know five guys to Noah and you're going to go wrestle in Noah for a month or we're going to send some guys to DDT and go have some fun there or whatever it may be, you know, like they have such a deep roster with Wheeler Yuta over for the uh, super juniors. You didn't even notice he was really gone, but it's given him a chance to work other wrestlers with different styles, learn a little bit more over there. So it's a perfect opportunity for him. Yeah. I mean, it would have been sick to have him in the uh, anarchy in the arena match or be a part of blood and guts coming up, but uh, he will have many moments like that being involved with those guys. Oh, for sure. Now you have two left, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll Correct. get one more of yours. I'll ba- rattle off my last one and then we'll, we'll see what you got. So give okay, me one. All more. right. All right. I've got uh, a, a big Haas match still left and a, a big match between two top stars. I'm going to start with the stars. Uh, <laughs> this was actually the third 
from the top uh, match that I had on my card. So kind of in the upper echelon. Uh, I'm going with the top baby face of AEW versus the top heel of New Japan, Hangman Page versus Jay White in a singles match. See, I like that. I think they've almost teased it a little bit with what's been going on, like not very directly, but indirectly. Pardon me. So having two guys like that, I mean, they faced off before in New Japan, if I'm not mistaken, a few years back. Mm -hmm. But both have developed so much since then that I think that you have them now and it'll be in a completely different match and an even better match than they originally had. And there's just something that fits too about like cowboy versus switchblade. I feel like switchblade is kind of like a, a Western villain weapon in some ways. I know that's a very superficial reason to book the match, but as I was looking at it on paper, it just like felt right to me beyond just wanting to see those two guys wrestle each other. Hey, I've booked a, a lot worse for even worse reasons. So I mean, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Uh, when we were talking beforehand, just about what, you know, what we were going to do for this, you had mentioned, um, stardom and I know that stardom has a pay-per-view, I think the night before, so it's probably going to limit what they do, if anything with forbidden door, but I feel like you could at least get one match out of them. And so what I am doing is I am going to take Britt Baker and she's going to face off with the known by New York audiences as Kyrie Sane one-on-one. Kyrie's only wrestled a few matches over there with stardom and she's not, you know, a huge part of the show, but she's still a very prominent wrestler. So you could have her versus Britt Baker and it would almost be a dream match for a lot of people. And it would be a match that I would be fully invested in. So I did do that as a little treat that I don't expect it to happen, but I fully hope that it does. Yeah, I think travel is going to probably limit their ability to do that this year. And also, even though it's owned by the same parent company now, they haven't really necessarily shown that partnership publicly no. that much. They, I think they are coming up, though. I'm pretty sure there's a joint New Japan stardom show happening for the first time okay. uh, not too long from now. So maybe that's something if that, if that is a more heavily established on the Japanese side. Over the course of the next year, you can probably incorporate more into uh, Forbidden Door 2, as it were, in 2023. Mm -hmm. um, but, I, I mean, it's such a tough card to find spots for everybody, even without uh, having women's matches on the show. Yeah. And clearly the women's division in AEW is extremely strong and a number of people worth uh, sneaking on the card, especially Britt Baker. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, I did. I just didn't feel like it was going to happen. And I know you don't either. You want, you just want it to. I'm just willing it into existence. So that's um, all I'm doing with that. But I, I, uh, my last match is, uh, is a Haas match is kind of, um, uh, a proof of concept match in a way, because I'm really hoping that this gentleman uh, will be the next TNT champion if it is indeed the case uh, that Scorpio Sky has to vacate the title if they hold some kind of tournament for it as well. Uh, and I know that some people will say he's clearly a star beyond the TNT title. He doesn't need that. What, what are you doing? But... If this guy was TNT champion and every single week he squared off against a different hoss from whether it's New Japan or AEW, there's lots of big guys for him to go up against. Uh, I would start it right here. If you can put together a TNT tournament to get a title match in time for Forbidden Door, I'm all for it. And let's just say that that's what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. And hey, I will work a title match on <laughs> in the end after all. A TNT tournament championship finals match. Wardlow, your future champion, going head to head with the stone pitbull Tomohiro Ishii. I love it. Without a doubt. I want to see Ishii get up after a powerbomb and stare down Wardlow. So I think uh, seeing that, I, I'm a huge Ishii fan. I love what they've done with Wardlow this past week. You know, maybe not so much, but I think that there's so much potential with him right now that to have him on Forbidden Door would be a great, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say experience, but it would be a great asset to a, an already loaded card. Exactly. And especially at a time when, you know, in the last week, they've lost Punk, they've lost uh, Danielson momentarily. It's only for two weeks. He will be back in time for Forbidden Door. But it, it's just kind of showing you that other than Hangman Page, 
uh, with Kenny Omega currently on the shelf already. Like there's not a lot of young guys who aren't going to necessarily run into body problems like this mm-hmm. near the top of the AW card. Wardlow is definitely a guy who is flirting with being close to that. And I think despite the fact that it's definitely seen as the lesser title, uh, you could build up the stock of the TNT belt again as well by having a champion that people care about because that was a title that did mean something prior to all of this nonsense with Sammy Guevara. So, um, you know, I, I would love to see that belt get back on track. I'd love to see Wardlow get elevated by having these dream Haas matches every single week. And just think of how many big guys are in the system with AEW, whether that's guys who are available to them in Japan or guys that they already have on their roster. I Mm want to see Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs. I want to see Wardlow versus Luchasaurus. I want to see Wardlow versus Dustin Rhodes even, you know? Like, there's Mm -hmm. just so many guys. Uh, Brian Cage on some level. Um, You know, the Murder Hawk monster. (laughs) There's a lot of big guys that I think Wardlow could really do fun stuff with every single week. And, uh, and why not, why not let him just create chaos on TV and just continue getting him over in the same style that, you know, WWE really had something with Braun Strowman when he was doing like insane stunts every week, you know, Mm -hmm. like tipping over ambulances and stuff. That was really fun. Like it's fun to watch a huge dude cause trouble uh, they were onto something when Wardlow busted out of those handcuffs. Like, keep it going. Let mm-hmm. him continue to do really sick shit like that. I'm fully aboard the Wardlow destroying like 30 security guards in a night. So, like, I want to see just wave of wave of them coming out and him just like body strewn about the ring. So, uh, of course, uh, there's, things there's, like that. I'm all aboard. It's really satisfying to see him destroy potty patrol guys too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't say that he has to be facing off against the Haas every single week, mm-hmm. but like. Every four weeks, maybe put him up against a guy who seems like, uh, you know, a genuine end stage boss, as it were, if wrestling <laughs> is a video game, you know, like let him do his thing against somebody that's really going to impress you with uh, the power of him in terms of what he's able to do to guys with size. Justin, I love it. And it's great to think that, you know, this Wednesday or a few days ago, Wednesday, depending when you're listening to this, that all of this is going to be kicked off until we're really going to see the card take shape and what to expect going forward. So, yeah. And and like I said earlier, man, like as much as I wanted to find spots for everybody on this card, part of the excitement is too. if they're not on this one. Well, you just get to dream up of what they might do on the next one. And that is something that is genuinely great and healthy for wrestling that I think could be a really important landmark on the overall calendar year after year going forward. Without a doubt. Hopefully this is the first of many forbidden doors to happen. Uh, Justin, for those listening, where can they find you out on social media and all of that uh, fun stuff? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Justin Morris. That's M-O-R-I-S, one R one S. Uh, you can hear me as the play-by-play voice of Nation Extreme Wrestling, uh, which you can find at NEW Wrestling Inc. on Twitter and Nation Extreme Wrestling on Instagram. All of our shows go up on uh, YouTube as well. I strongly recommend you check those out. And uh, I, I don't know if I should promote this yet because it hasn't come out, but uh, I did do a lengthy sit-down interview for an episode of CBC Ideas about professional wrestling, uh, where I talked at length about Daniel Bryan and Stone Cold Steve Austin and wrestling being an expression of uh, working-class angst and anxieties um, that I thought was really interesting and will be spun into an hour-long documentary that plays on the CBC, on CBC Ideas. The tentative air date is for June 20th, uh, but whether or not it actually goes to air then or not, I'm not sure. Just uh, keep an eye out for it because it should be fun. Some 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 real wrestling academics, some real wrestlers, and also me for some reason. <laughs> Justin, I appreciate you taking time to join me today. I'm looking forward to uh, picking your brain after the, the card actually happens. And it was a lot of fun. So thank you for joining me. Uh, my pleasure, Blair. Always a, a, a treat to chat about the business with you. And uh, congratulations on making your own pro wrestling play-by-play <laughs> debut recently uh, with 3D Pro in Winnipeg. That's so exciting. I'm so happy for you and, and can't wait to see what you guys in that company get up to over the next little while. Thank you so much to Justin for joining me and thank you for checking out the podcast. I truly appreciate it. I say it every time. I will always say it. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. 
So thanks again. Uh, if it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter at GrainmakerPod. Shoot me a follow there. Let's talk wrestling. I'm most active there. Up on all podcast streaming platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify. If there's one you're not uh, that you want me to be on, I'm not on. Just let me know. And uh, email GrainmakerPodcast at gmail.com. You can shoot me a question, common concern there. And if you would like, I've got t-shirts made up. Uh, if you're in Winnipeg or Canada, let me know. If you're in Canada, I can get them mailed out to you. If you're in Winnipeg, I will hand deliver them to you myself. They're only $25. Uh, half of all profits is going to a local non-for-profit here in town. So just know that you can be looking fashionable and helping out at the same time. So thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.